0: Hi everyone, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, Editorial Director for Live Healthy and I'm here at the Live Healthy studios in Abu Dhabi with Farah Hillou. She is a certified integrative and functional nutritionist and dietitian. Yeah, Dietitian with a T.
1: Yes, that's, it is.
0: <laughs> a very Not a C. Yeah, people always screw that up. So we, I wanted to talk to you on the eve of Ramadan. We'll talk about you know eating and fasting and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, the topic on a lot of people's minds is blood sugar and how to manage your yeah. blood sugar. And I'm hearing a lot of people came out of COVID mm-hmm. and found out that they were pre-diabetic for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And so everyone's thinking. And there's I'm hearing all these people with theories and clues about how to manage their blood sugar and bring it down and continuous glucose monitors and I just want some basic you know usable practical tips and to cut through some of the myths you see
1: yes absolutely thank you very much for having me and it's a pleasure to be here with you today Um, yes I mean in the UAE especially in the region there is a very high prevalence of diabetes right and a lot of people have insulin resistance and they don't know about it so uh, and I think maybe COVID you know, a lot of people started really focusing on their health—physical health, mental health, emotional health—during COVID, and started running. You know, um, checkups and blood sugar readings and whatnot. So I think that's when a lot of people found out that they may be insulin resistant, or you know, they started digging into their health a little bit more. Uh, and I think it's also coincidentally, um, or the timing is very. Um, it close to a lot of tech that's been coming out in terms of uh, CGMs or continuous glucose monitors and they've been trending now but for a good reason because it really helps you better understand what is happening in your body. It's a sensor that you wear on your arm and I mean it's been there for a really long time uh, but it was mostly for diabetics but now it's you, anybody and everybody can really have it on and you know download let's say the app and understand and monitor what's happening to their sugar levels in real time so based on sleep patterns uh, food uh, whatever you have to eat drink it really obviously is going to impact your sugar levels and it helps you better understand what's going on internally and helps empower you to make better decisions now in terms of what we can do to balance blood sugar levels there's really a lot that we can do Uh, and it really is you know we have a lot of control over Uh, our lifestyle and the choices that we make day in and day out. We may not always make the best choices and that's okay but it's really um, you know I always say what's the okay option what's the better option and what's the best option we you know we aim to have or to make the best options always but sometimes even the better option is also uh, good enough. Um, In terms of you know what we can do uh, just to you know go a little bit back to the continuous glucose monitor whether someone has it or not Um, What we want to avoid is the blood sugar spikes that can happen, let's say, after eating. So it's normal that once you have your meal, even if you have a small snack, even if you have a piece of, you know, date, uh, your blood sugar levels are going to naturally increase. However, when they are constantly spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping, over time. your, your body could develop what we call insulin resistance. So once blood sugar levels rise, this signals the pancreas, an important organ in the body, to release insulin. The insulin really helps the cells take up this glucose okay, to store it for later fuel, for later, you know, fuel basically. And insulin is really important because it does allow the body to use glucose for every single function that happens day in and day out. Uh, But it also helps, let's say, uh, hormone production, growth, so insulin is important. However, with these spikes and drops, spikes and drops in blood sugar levels and as a result insulin, over time the cells stop responding to insulin um, as well as they should. So insulin resistance develops. Many people, as I mentioned initially, are walking around with insulin resistance and they don't know about it. You tired them out. You t- exactly, you're, f- like, you're exhausting yeah. your cells, you're exhausting yeah. your cells and they stop responding uh, to this insulin. So that's when insulin resistance develops and over time, if it's not uh, caught early on or if it's not addressed, it can develop to um, diabetes, especially again depending on lifestyle factors, uh, you know, family history, uh, genetics as well, so uh, that's how insulin resistance can form and eventually diabetes. But again, insulin resistance is reversible, so that's the good news, through simple lifestyle hacks uh, food to start off with food we always say ensure that your meals are balanced so balanced in terms of you know there are I'll say four components that you need to have as part of your meals in order to ensure that your blood sugar levels are rising at a steady and gradual level as opposed to spiking so we want to think uh, you know healthy fats fiber Protein, you know prioritizing protein and even fermented uh, food. So those can all help in one way or another control the increases that happen post meal. Blood sugar increases that happen after you. So healthy fats, thank you avocados, olive oil, nuts and seeds um, Your fiber fiber is really really important and you know for diabetics and non-diabetics it can really help blunt this um, sugar level rise. so think especially soluble fiber, there are different types of fiber, but think your soluble fibers like beans, uh, you know, steel cut oats, apples, pears, um, even some seeds, so the, your, your dietary fiber, we need about maybe 50 grams a day, so we really need quite a large amount, and we are really falling short, so 45-50 grams, uh, so your healthy fats, your dietary fiber, and your protein, right, protein again. Um, think legumes, fish, seafood, uh, poultry, and then fermented fermented vegetables like your sauerkraut, for example, kimchi, uh, even fermented, even apple cider vinegar. So there is some research to show that if you have maybe a teaspoon or even a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar mixed with a glass of water before your meal, not only does that help with digestion, but it can reduce blood sugar spikes um, after a meal. So uh, apple cider vinegar with mother is a fermented uh, source. Even making substitutes, like instead of white bread, going for sourdough bread, because that's fermented. Uh, you know, yogurt made with cultures. So fermented foods really help feed the gut microbiome. Gut microbiome has also been linked with insulin sensitivity. Okay. So those are really what should comprise our meals. So
0: try to get it with the food, but yeah. have that apple cider vinegar with the mother, that's with the little thing.
1: With the mother, exactly. It does look a little bit weird when
0: you exactly. look at it. You're yeah. like, what is it? And when you get to the bottom, you're like, do I have the mother? I but know, but it's really good. Okay, so, the, so if you can't get those fermented foods, they're not available. You can yep. have the apple cider vinegar before. Yes, absolutely. And, um, yep. Okay. What about the order? I'm yes. seeing a lot on social media about the order of the food. Can you explain that?
1: Yes, the order. So again, if you were to start with, you know, what we normally do is, if we have rice, maybe with some chicken and veggies, rice we rice. dig into the rice <laughs> always, <laughs> especially rice out of all things. Uh, so that what you eat first has been shown to impact how fast your blood sugar levels are going to rise okay so if you were to have let's say your fiber first so maybe you know veggies if you were to have maybe a wrap or sometimes some traditional foods are all mixed or even pasta is all mixed so you can't really pick and choose but if you start off with you know maybe a vegetable soup or a salad at least you're guaranteeing extra fiber and then you can start ideally with the protein the healthy fats and mid towards the end of the meal uh, maybe the bread or the rice if you're having that on the side if it's all mixed together again uh, starting off with um, your your salad but also there is some research interestingly, to show that uh, for starchy foods especially uh, those high in resistance starch like rice uh, potatoes pasta if you Cook these and then cool them down, and then reheat them. That can also impact or can reduce blood sugar spikes I
0: have heard this as well. It's like yes. cook the potatoes, cool them, and then and
1: then you can them. have them or reheat but them. Exactly. Do you exactly. reheat them
0: right to hot again, or just reheat them so they're warm?
1: I reheat them, I guess, until they're warm. Now yeah.
0: my brain is like, can't I just cool them until they're warm? But do they have to go right down to cool? It does seem like they have it,
1: to. Go apparently, right down. yes. That's okay. the research that has been done in this field has shown that when you cool them down. I mean sometimes you can't eat certain foods that are (laughs) still cold, but if you wish to reheat them then just comparing it to pre, let's say as soon as you cook and then eat as opposed to cooling and then reheating and of course when possible there are things that we can do, uh, things that may be a little bit difficult day in and day out, but it's these simple uh, tips and tricks that we can do, whether it's apple cider vinegar, meal sequencing, what to eat first, balancing our meals,
0: Um, those can really impact. This um, explains why I'm yeah, seeing rice heated up in the microwave with an ice cube lately on Instagram. I'm seeing it okay. all the time. I'm like, you know <laughs> There where are these some interesting from? Like, trends and I've also heard about food pairing. So people, yes. fruit is good for you. I'm seeing a lot of people don't eat any fruit. Mm-hmm. Fruit spikes your blood sugar, but then I'm yeah. seeing other people say pair the fruit. Which, yes. Can you explain that a little? Yes. How to do so, that?
1: so food pairing in general is exactly what we were talking about in terms of having your fat, healthy fats, fiber, and protein. So that's when you're having your main meals. I would say if you're having. A smaller meal or a light snack, choosing at least two of these these components. So let's say you know fiber, you could have your fruit for fiber, and then maybe pair it with a couple of uh, walnuts or almonds, for example. If someone is you know can tolerate um, lactose or dairy, then they can have maybe some yogurt. Again, getting in more of the good uh, probiotics or bacteria. So pairing food is really avoiding, uh, in this case, a source of carbohydrates by itself. Uh, And especially in Ramadan, I mean, there's always an abundance of food, right? And, you know, we don't eat for about 14, 15 hours, sometimes longer. And then once we do break our fast, first of all, we tend to have dates. And this is usually cultural slash, you know, religious um, practice. But, you know, what we could do is to have maybe a few walnuts or a few almonds with it, or to control how much dates we have. Okay, and then, two uh, exactly, and one or two, that usually, yeah, it's not one, two, or three, but, um, yeah, maybe have a source of healthy fats, but usually we're having something to eat right after, right, yeah. as opposed to if we we're having dates as a snack, we might just have that, but once you have, let's say, the dates, and then you're eating your soup, or your, you know, sometimes it's a lentil soup, most common, you know, it's very common uh, vegetable soup, so at least you're having that. Uh, additional protein, let's say, yeah, as so well.
0: Dates is a good example of a food that's yeah. good for you. It's, it's filled with yeah. all sorts of good things. But if you if you have nuts with it, then you can sort of... Yes, and you don't balance it out. Dates, and, and, and exa- a couple of yeah. dates, you have the nuts, exactly. and then there there's your healthy snack.
1: Yeah, and then there are dates that are super small. <laughs> and then there's a majdood, you yeah, know, there's that's there's a huge. <laughs> that is equal, One <laughs> is equivalent to like three or four. <laughs> so um,
0: yeah. intermittent fasting, we hear a lot about. It's a very divisive issue. Mm-hmm. But one thing I find really there's so many things about Ramadan that are beautiful but the, you don't have to get confused about the benefits of fasting if you can just sort of pay attention to the long religious traditions of yeah. fasting and it's a prescribed in the Quran of yeah. the benefits for you so can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, I mean in the context of blood sugar balance and metabolic health it can really help control blood sugar levels, uh, you know, cholesterol levels, blood pressure. It helps, you know, support gut health and digestion. It helps with autophagy and, you know, the renewal and recycling of cells. And longevity is such a hot topic right now, and you know, it can really help uh, promote longevity as long as it's done the right way. Right? So, there's a lot of debate and a lot of science, really, on intermittent fasting, Ramadan fasting, and low-calorie diets, uh, but you know, so it, it's important to keep in mind that it's you know it lasts for a month and this is really our opportunity to make the most out of this month in terms of you know let's say diet and lifestyle because you know it's, it's our way to help cleanse our body detoxify our body practice mindful eating uh, focus on foods that really nourish us because there is always an abundance especially you know it's lovely because usually the family gathers there's quite a bit of options in terms of what to have and what to eat or you eat out It's you know usually a buffet style so practicing mindful eating is really important but you know going back to these simple hacks that we mentioned even when there is an abundance of food you know what do you have first Uh, keeping hydrated we always talk about you know hydration getting enough fiber usually those are some challenges uh, during the holy month of Ramadan because you're fasting you know pretty much um maybe from 5:36 uh, a.m. until maybe about 6:37 7:30 7, p.m. again depending where you are in the world but uh so dehydration can be common it's really important to keep hydrated but going back to the benefits you know they far outweigh any risks keeping in mind that pregnant women lactating women diabetic especially if they aren't insulin individuals who are taking certain medications need to consult their Physician, but the average healthy individual fasting can be really really uh, Beneficial especially during um, the the holy month when we bring in the spirituality and the mindfulness uh, aspect, so Yeah, but do you you have anything
0: that you do specifically to sort of help support you? Mm -hmm. Just as measuring out your day anything that you tips or?
1: Yeah, I mean um, we tend to underestimate the importance of the suhoor meal. So we focus so much on the iftar meal. And then, you know, that's what... And different cultures can sometimes also do things differently. So usually at iftar, sometimes certain cultures have maybe soup and salad and then wait an hour or two, you know, have their prayers and then have their main meal. Whereas sometimes you just eat everything at the same time Uh, and then the sahur meal is usually at around 2 3 4 p.m. uh, a.m. sorry and it's really important to to have that it's kind of like a breakfast meal so you'd want to think of uh, foods healthy nutritious you know nutrient-dense foods that you would have for breakfast so that can also help stabilize blood sugar levels at least you know during the early um, early hours and you know exercise uh, movement we always get asked what time you know when should i exercise when i'm fasting and it really has to be very individualized right um but you it really depends on the individual what they were used to doing beforehand Uh, i would say if you are doing a little bit more you know intense uh, activities especially if you're doing them outdoors you may want to consider if you're losing a lot of fluids and electrolytes especially if you're fasting you might want to do i find a lot of people you know feel good working out right before they break their fast Mm -hmm. so within maybe an hour or two before they break their fast and usually during the course of the day you've depleted a lot of your glycogen or glucose stores so in a way it's also it's also good because you might start to tap in some fat stores as well so work if you are thinking of working out a bit more with high intensity perhaps having it right before iftar Um, but I'd always advocate for incorporating some movement even if it's a walk after you eat like in 30 60 minutes maybe even 90 minutes after you eat because that really helps control blood sugar levels as well
0: okay this is so interesting because I feel like this is the missing piece yeah and a physician told me walk for even 10 minutes and even if you can't go for a walk just move around around, yeah and it's like uh, someone else told me you're increasing the energy demand from your body it's the other side of the coin yeah so is that true for We would recommend that for almost every meal.
1: I would recommend that for, yes, especially when you're having a heavier meal, and usually that is the iftar meal, definitely a walk, you know, movement, whatever it is, dancing around, going up and down the stairs, 10, 15 minutes is good enough. And I recall when I had my CGM and I would walk after my meal, it was so nice to see your sugar levels (laughs) start to come down. That was very (laughs) effective for me. No,
0: it's real. This is how your body works. Yeah,
1: your body is using that glucose, absolutely. So you're just, you know, really supporting, as opposed to constantly, you know, increasing, increasing. increasing. You you stop at one point and start using this sugar.
0: Since I started doing this too, I don't think people realize like once you start breaking it up like that, it's much less arduous. And then you're like, oh, I'm walking 6,000 steps a day. And before I wasn't walking barely any. So that's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.